Hey guys, what's up? Uh, Matt here. Welcome to the episode of Coffee is for Closers. Pat, back again today. And what we're going to be talking about is uh, we recently did a video about this picture. The Dan Lok for people yeah. just listening. Yeah, for those of you who haven't heard of her. Um, it's uh, it's Dan Lok and it's an autographed photo that I bought online. And uh, we asked people to kind of give us funny kind of comments as to why they wanted it after, after I signed it. So we're going to be going over some of those comments today, but also going to be going over as to the reason why I give Dan Lok so much. So if you want to hear that, make sure you stay all the way to the end and we'll see you on the other side of the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. So... We made that whole video. Yeah. But do do me a favor. I don't know who Dan Locke is. I, I have no idea. Um, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but until you, I saw your video on uh, buying his $1,000 book. Yeah. And we, I think we went out to breakfast and you were talking about how you'd bought a $1,000 book and you were going <laughs> to critique it. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, what? Yeah. And that was the first I'd ever heard of Dan Locke. I'd never, you know, because I'm not in the space. So I, I don't see or hear yeah. of it. Later on, we're going to – so we made a video. You bought – not only did you spend $1,000 on his book. I was best merch customer. <laughs> you also bought an autographed photo of him. Yeah. Which can I add, like for, you know, the people who are watching, and if you haven't, you know, go to the YouTube channel. There's a, there's a video about it. Uh, and if you are on YouTube, we'll put that video. There'll be a card somewhere. It's an amazing picture that he's taken. It is. So I mean, I have to, Iron Man and – I have to admit. Iron Men. <laughs> two. <laughs> Two different uh, models. Where, where, first of all, where do you think he had this photo taken? I think it's at his, like, well, I think I've seen a YouTube video of a house that he rented. He said he owned it, but he rented it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure those were in there. Okay, cool. So well, that's pretty, pretty cool. Sure that is house. Yeah, it's dope. <laughs> There's two models. You're, I, you're a big Marvel guy. Can you identify the models? I, I can't. You can't. And be. even if I did, I wouldn't say. <laughs> so you can. <laughs> Mark 37. Yeah, Mark 37. Yeah, one's definitely the the earlier model than the other. I'm not, I I, I don't know enough. I need to rewatch Iron Man. So it's a fantastic photo. He signed it in a gold pen and sent it to you. How much? So you paid a thousand dollars. Was that US dollars for the book? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I paid a hundred, I think I paid 150 US for the photo shipped. Okay. I think something like that. Okay. So you're pushing 1500 more Australian dollars in. Yeah. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so why? Yeah, that is a good question. I, I, I like to give like harsh but fair critiques, I think, to uh-huh. the Sifu himself. Because like, I think like even with the book, like I think you mentioned we went to dinner. You're like, you're actually not that rough on it. Like I was rough on the presentation and I think like how it's marketed, mm-hmm. which I think is my big gripe with with Dan. It's not the fact that he's not good at stuff. It's the fact that it's marketed in the most grotesque way possible. Okay. Um, and that really bugs me because like, I think that there's a very particular subset of human beings on the planet that are highly susceptible to that type of marketing. Okay. And I intentionally stay away from it. And we don't sell stuff that has to do with that. Like that real kind of like come here and earn a billion dollars in four days type stuff. It just mm. doesn't happen, you know? So that's my particular problem with it, but it goes a bit further than that. But I think like it, it's a bit of fun. And like, I, I, 
I, I want to give props to Dan where he's given props. Like he's phenomenal at content. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good at that. I think he's incredible at building a brand. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best on stage sellers ever. Really? Like t- Tony Robbins level. Okay. Right. Um, and where, where, where does he do that? Like, and what does he sell? So he, he's, I mean, he's sort of evolved. He's like a serial entrepreneur at this point. Like he came up, had a lot of unsuccessful businesses, which fair and so by like, that's mm-hmm. fair. And then he sort of became like a sales guy, like a high ticket sales guy. Like, and he basically invented the term okay. high ticket closing. Okay. Right. And then, so he had a course, which was, I think it was like 2,500 and it was like, learn a skill that you can make 10, 20, $30,000 a month from your living room. Just taking calls. Mm-hmm. Easy, right? So 2500 bucks. that was the initial one. And he made a ton of money. They were doing $10 million a month US at one point. Wow. Right? And I know that because I've worked with a bunch of the people who used to work with him when he was doing those kind of numbers. Okay. And then from there, they had like an upsell program. And it was sort of like, and that was like, it was basically sales 101. And like, same as with the book. It was like, there's good information in here. Okay. It, it's just not like, it's just, Sales 101. Like, yeah. this is basic sales stuff, which is probably what those people needed, to be honest, because they don't need any more advanced. Are they going to be able to hop on a phone call and sell a $30,000 product from the living room? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Well, some of them, for sure. Right? So, l- let me attempt to give him the benefit of the doubt. In a lot of industry spaces, whatever, we talk about excellence being mastery of the basics. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, yeah. Griff used to always carry on that. One of yeah. his RSM, you know, Sniper extraordinaire, yeah, yeah. excellence is master of the basics. And I, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before about how when I got to special forces, I was like, give me my laser beam and my jetpack, and yeah. they were like, <laughs> where's you know, my shirt? It's just more yeah. of the same that you've already been doing. Yeah. Now, is it possible that that's the angle that he's going for, where he's like, this is actually all you need to know, but you need to know this inside out, back to front, upside down? I think maybe the intent was there uh, to do that. But I think like it'd be like saying, hey, come and do basic training and you'll be a sniper. Okay. Right? So it's like you learn everything in basic training that you need to be a sniper. You do. Like it's just field craft shooting, mm-hmm. you know, judging distance, navigation, right? So technically that would be true. But if the military were to advertise that, that would be false advertising. Yep. Right? Because it's like, well, okay. <laughs> but you need 10 years of that. Mm-hmm. Um so I think like the intent was like, hey, I'm going to release a sales course. It's not expensive. 2500 bucks for a sales course is not expensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you've and, done that course, right? Um, maybe. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've done so done many at this major, but I've never read the books and all that kind of stuff. And he was actually, when I got into high ticket closing, he was one of the guys that I was looking at in sort of investing my money in. Okay. Right? Mainly because he seemed to know how to get clients as a high ticket closer, which seemed like a very... Odd. Like I was like, well, if I have the skill, how do I get the clients, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, and then from there, there's like a series of upsells, right? And it's like, oh, you're, and the problem I have with it was like, well, you're not successful here because you haven't done this mm-hmm. and this is now this much money. And then this is now this much money. This is now okay. this much, right? So it's so, that blaming mindset. Yeah, man. Okay. Like your mindset's bad. And sort of like the cultish like following that, he, that he's got where it's like, like I'm on a blacklist. If you talk to me, you get kicked out of his program. Okay. Right. And that's not hearsay. One of the guys that was in his program sent me the document. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like anyone with sales sniper or Matt Ryder, right. Any association with them, either verbal or written communication, you will be kicked out of the program. Wow. Yeah. And, and so how does he cultivate that? I should probably frame that. Yeah. I would, I would totally get that yeah. on the wall. <laughs> But tell me about, because if he's, 
if those people aren't getting the success that, you know, he's saying that they will and he's bringing them into a, a paid program, they're paying a lot of money to be there, how's he maintaining that culty feel and vibe without giving those people success? Like why do they why are they doing that? Why would anybody look at you and say, because the Sifu said no, I can't interact with you? I think it's like it's the thing that we've tried to avoid at Sales Sniper mm-hmm. because like I could easily do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we have a highly motivated group of young people who work for us, like, you know, 100 and 140, 150 people who look up to me as their leader mm-hmm. and I am what they're trying to attain, mm-hmm. right? In terms of like success. And then I have examples of people that I've gotten to a very, very high level. So that's very, like, you know, like you've seen it, we just talked about it. Like there's all these aspirational people. Yeah. And so, and because there are some proven people who have achieved that, they believe that they can do it too. And for the most part, they can. However, like, I think what I'm extremely transparent about is like, it is a long and arduous process that cannot be shortcutted. Mm -hmm. And so when you start advertising shortcuts, that's where I get pissed off Mm -hmm. because like, there is no shortcut. And like people, people have used me in their marketing is like, this guy came into high ticket closing in six months, was earning 50 grand a month. It's like, no, I did 13, I did 10 years of full-time sales before I ever took a high ticket sale. So it's like, how much of that success are you attributing to that? And the fact that I'm willing to do more than nearly any other human being in the industry in terms of like sheer volume of work and effort, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, how much of that do you attribute? So my problem is like, like the thing that I have to do at Sales Sniper is I have to, we have to actively not have a cult. Yeah. Right? Like I'm so clear with these guys like, this is a meritocracy. Some of you will make it, some of you won't. And the guys who make it, fantastic, well done, more power to you. I'll try and get everyone to the end. But like, guys, it's just a lot of work in between. Yeah. You know, there is no shortcut. There is no, hey, I'm making 30 grand a month after three, four months. And the problem is sometimes there are those cases. Yeah. But they're unicorns. Outliers, yeah. You know, like we got a young kid out here, Yash. I mean- the kid's 17 years old and he is incredible mm. at sales. Like, how do I want to get him on a new account? I mean, you, you were there. Five minutes of training. I was like, okay, now you try. And he's like, and I was like, yeah, perfect, done. Yeah. You need no more help from me in terms of that. And like, I sales training every week and I'm like, you don't need me anymore, bro. Like, just stop. Like, but he likes the interaction, right? So whatever. Mm. But yeah, so like, that's where I really have the problem. And then I think the, the other problem that I had when I got into the industry as to why I started getting sort of more amped up and it was sort of like, because I think like the high ticket closer, the inbound closer, like all these terminologies, they made reference to a job that doesn't exist. Okay. Which is like, you come in, you just take phone calls, you make sales, you make money. It's like, there's so much more to it than that to actually be successful over the long term. Mm. And it's so hard to find a business that has really consistent inbound lead flow to where you could just do that. Mm. And so like for me, when I was on accounts just by myself and I was just talking to one of our guys like before, he's like, what can I do to get better? I was like, you are good enough at sales. Now you have to work on your professionalism. You have to become an ecosystem within yourself that gives you so much redundancy within your pro, like your processes are so good and like everything you're doing around that sales call is so good and that you're making everyone else better around it that like you you make more money, mm-hmm. you know, because you give yourself more opportunity. So there was a point when in one of my sales, my sales career, where I was making three times 
what the rest of the team was making combined, right? And so what they did is they gave us like a setter or two each. And then like they just had those setters work with those closers, right? And then I was like, cool. Like, okay, I was doing my thing. I was doing pretty well. I was like, okay. Sorry, this is at a period where you're contracting for someone else. Right? Yeah, where I'm just doing my own sales. Okay. And I was like, hmm, I reckon if I make these setters better, they'll get me more leads. Mm-hmm. So I trained them every day. Daily huddle, every day. What are your numbers? What are you doing? Show me your script. Let's review a call. What outreach have you done? Like, and I militantly trained those people mm-hmm. to be really good. And I spent time with them. And then I even started giving them bonuses out of my commission. I was like, hey, if we hit this, you get this. If we hit this, you get this. And they started like actively going out there and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hmm, I wonder like, the, the, you know, we're not having, this isn't happening. The show operator isn't happening how I want it to. Let me look at all the emails that are going out. Okay, cool. I'll rewrite all the emails. Right. Okay. There's, I'm having trust issues. And so I'm having people drop off because I'm not trust. I asked the business owner for a webinar. He said, no, nah, webinars are a lot of work. I don't want to do it. I made mine. Yep. Right. I went through the portal on a loom video and I was like, Hey guys, just really looking forward to yada, yada, yada. I just want to show you what you're going to throw. If you do decide to kind of move forward, I just want to give you some context to the stuff we're going to be talking about for our next call. Okay. Right. Took them through the portal, took them through testimonials. I then collated every testimony that the business had and I put it into industry and problem. Right. So then I had, a, I was like, when I was on the sales call and I was on like one of my first, if I was doing a two or three call close or whatever, and I needed to send someone testimonial, I had a database. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what industry are you in? What problems do you have? Sweet. I'm going to send you a testimonial. I really want you to, to watch it. I think it's going to really going to resonate with you. Same per, same sort of industry, same sort of issues that you're having. I'd love, like, do you have the bandwidth to watch the 15 minute video over the next three days before our phone call? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Perfect. When do you think you can watch it? I set that in my diary. They should have watched it by now. Text them. Hey, man, do you get a chance to watch that? No. Hey, to have the context for our next call, I really need you to watch that. Do you reckon you can do it tonight? Yeah, I can. Okay. No dramas. Okay. Right. So like tying everything off and it's like, um, that's anything but inbound. Like, plus I would go through all the old clients. I would go through all the no sales. I would take all the no sales from other sales guys. If they hadn't contacted them in 30 days, that's my lead. Yeah. Right. And then I would go through like yeah, lead magnet lists and I would do my referrals. Right. So I had a 21 day check-in with every single client that I sold and that was booked in for Friday afternoon. So every single, if I sold seven people a week, every Friday afternoon, after the first three weeks, I would have seven of those lined up. I would ask everybody for a referral, Yep. right? I'd probably get two or three referrals from that, book them in for the next week. And then that snowballs to the point where I'm asking for 15 referrals a week, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, that's not inbound. That's not like high ticket closing, sitting in your living room doing nothing. Yeah. And okay, like, that's so- how you, and the, the numbers that they're talking about, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month, like I hit those, but I had to do all of that. Yeah in order to hit that reality. And so it created a high level of unprofessional people coming into the industry. And like, I mean, it's a brand new industry, realistically, but coming in thinking that like, and moaning about not making money when they're doing call to earn it. Yeah. Okay. So let me see if I understand that that most people who are doing a course, probably of any kind, just learning the pointy end, right? Like the to make the sale. The person is in front of you, hears the basics of persuasion and whatever and just misses all of that completely. And that's cool, provided that they get put in front of the right person, they can say the right things to make the sale, but getting that person in front of them becomes increasingly difficult the less uh, work you're willing to do and the less skill set you have around doing that kind of thing. Yeah, it's exactly right. And so you end up with all these people just complaining, mm. but literally doing nothing about it because they're like, hey, well, I didn't sign up for that. 
Yeah. And so probably not even knowing that there is stuff they can do to, to help themselves. Yeah. And like that to me is frustrating because like, but I, I mean, you can't, like I'm me, I'm me for a reason, right? I'm in the position I'm in for a reason. Like yeah. I, I like, I, I'm a, I'm a problem solver by nature. So I was like, well, I'm making okay money. I'm pretty sure I could make more. I don't really want to like just take more, like demand more ad spend. Like I think I have a reason, if I really look around, I probably have a reasonable enough amount of opportunity that I can just produce. Mm-hmm. And then I even negotiated, hey, for any, like, can I have more money if I self-generate the lead? And then this is what I defined as self-generating. The guy was like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> and yeah. then all of a sudden, like I'm making way more Yeah. because I'm just going out there and doing it. And then like when I came to, when I cracked that company because they wouldn't do stuff to help me out, like when I left, they were in a bad way. Yeah. Because like I was unreplicatable. Yeah. And so I realized I was unreplicatable and I went, hey man, I want this. And they were like, nope. And I was like, okay, bye. Because I I created an ecosystem around myself that I could replicate anywhere. Yeah. And so like for me, like anything else seems ridiculous to consider. Because like how, like, how, like, how are you going to come in as a contractor and like, and just be at the whim of some other dude's ability to get leads. Like it's just, it's madness. Yeah. You're putting your ability to feed your family in the hands of someone else. It just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. And so like yesterday I took over one of our accounts because um, I really like him. And I was like, I really want to make this work. Like I'm going to ram this up. And I booked a meeting with him and I was like, hey, I need all of this. And I was like, and it, it was just like, I want every single client you have. I want every single client you've ever had. I want everyone who's ever downloaded a league magnet. I want anyone who's ever like whispered your name. Mm-hmm. right and I was like you give me that list and I'll make it happen from it I need you to give me a deal that we can give old clients to get back in okay and he's like sweet and we'll probably make over the next probably eight eight to twelve weeks we'll probably make 30 to 40 sales yeah from that that we just go out there and make and that for him like that's providing a high level because there's zero cost on that except for the commission so there's no ad spend so what that does to the account in total like one of the big ways that I measure our success is the return of ad spend that we provide a client we had a, we had a meeting yesterday one of our clients were providing a 16 times ROAS right so he spends a thousand dollars he is given sixteen thousand dollars back in front-end cash yeah right right for not even including the back end so he's super happy and I was like hey dude you need to spend more money yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, you better quintuple your ad spend quick smart. Yeah. Like, cause you've got a guy over here that's making it happen, bro. You better keep him happy. Otherwise he's going to want to walk away, mm-hmm. you know, cause their volume wasn't very big. And so that's a success metric. So when we, but the reason why we get that is yes, cause we're good at sales, but it's because like there's all this background stuff that goes on. Mm. Like when we were on this uh, crypto account that we were on for a while, um, we produced a 25 times return of ad spend, 25 times. Mm-hmm. And we were competing against their internal sales team that was getting like a six times return of ad spend. And it was like, they couldn't figure out how we were doing it. And I was like, yeah, it's because like we- We're not just relying on the ads. Yeah, like I'm like outbounding everyone. So like they had these huge lead lists and we were just going for it. So it's like everyone that we sell has a 100, you know, an infinite X return of ad spend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is no ad spend. So yeah. it's just money. So it just adds, stacks up. And that's where we're like, yeah, we're doing really well. Okay. So as I'm understanding it, the issue is with like with the Sifu and others, but he's going to play the avatar for us of, of many others. Yeah. That what they teach is probably pretty usable. For sure. And not 
like bad information, not necessarily, not wrong information. It's just very limited information. And what they are saying they can provide you requires an ecosystem and they're not teaching you anything about the ecosystem. They're teaching you how to actually like be the tip of the spear, but probably not even informing you that there's a whole like shaft and everything else behind you. And it's because most of them haven't done it. Yeah, okay. Right? Like I was a really successful sales rep and my calls are out there. I've put them out there for the ether. Like you can see them, you can hear them. I am transparent. Like I have done these things well. Right, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is how I did it. I did it, yes, through being good at sales, which took a long time to get good at sales. But like that ecosystem was, it doubled everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same with Jeremy. Jeremy, super successful sales rep, right? And then it's like, these other guys are moderately successful sales reps. Mm-hmm. And it's like- Certainly good enough to pass on their information about sales. Good at sales. Yeah. Yes, good sales reps, but comparatively moderately successful, mm-hmm. Right. So it's like they've taken what they've done and replicated, which will always dilute. Like it, there's just a dilution effect. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the way it works, right? Like whenever you're passing on knowledge, it's difficult. It, can, it, it, it does happen, but it's, it's rare that someone then surpasses you with your own training. Mm. And it does happen, but it's more of a unicorn situation than anything else, right? And so there's a dilution effect, which means that like if they're doing 70% of what you were doing and you were moderately successful, now they're like kind of below moderately successful, but they don't have the tools in order to become as successful as what you said they could be. Yeah. Because there's just a lot of other things going on there. And some of it, you know what I mean? So like, that's my real problem is like, you know, like there was a, a ad out there ages ago and it was like a dude, you know, just kind of like folding blankets. And it was like, you know, you sick of doing this for a 10 cent raise every nine months. And it's like, come learn a skill where you can earn $30,000 a month. And it's like, <laughs> like, yes, that happened to one guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that one guy is probably someone like you. He's just a savage. Yeah. He's getting after it. Yeah. You know? And like, that's the thing. It, it's like, that's what upsets me is like, I don't want to take advantage of people in any way. And like, I'm not perfect by no means. Right. Like, yeah. I'm sure I've said some people are like, no, <laughs> like watch the compilation come out in five years of me saying raucous stuff. It's yeah. probably out of context, but it's just like, like work and time are the two things that you need in order to be successful. And like in, in sales sniper in particular, like we have all these highly motivated people. You ask any of them, what's their income goal? hundred K a month, right? All right. Well, do you want me to tell you how I made a hundred K a month? Cause it nearly killed me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I did it. I could easily maintain 50 to 60, like easily. Like I was cranking that out. Like it was nothing heaps of time with the kids. And I go, man, I think I really need to make a hundred just to prove a point. Just to take the box. Right. And because in high, in what I was selling, like my comms weren't that high. If my comms were four times what they were, like if some of the accounts we had now, bro, I'd make a hundred backstroking in the pool, half an hour, <laughs> right? 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 So I think that's super relative, right? Like I think, yeah. Uh, well, it goes back to the other podcast we did about the top 1%. Like we have some accounts where you're getting 60 grand commission. Yeah. That's the thing, right? And, and you know, one of the things that I sort of think about with a lot of the B2B stuff with people that make ridiculous money. Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and again. Yeah. Right. And so if you sell a, a Boeing. Yeah. Yeah. If you <laughs> yeah. sell super yachts yeah. and your commission is $3 million, you, you don't have to sell too many of them before yeah. you, like, and you're killing it. Yeah. You're doing really well. So, like, I was selling a, a $15,000 product and I was making roughly $2,000 a sale. Mm-hmm. So, I had to make 50 sales of a paid in full. 
right. because I got paid as cash as collected. So realistically, I had to make about 80 sales a month, Okay, right? Which is a lot. Like that's nearly three a day, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, okay. And I did it two months in a row and it literally nearly killed me. Mm. I was starting work at 3 a.m. because I was in Perth and I was doing US calls. I would work from 3 a.m. until 7, flat out on sales calls and prospecting and doing all that stuff. Then I would be with the kids from 7 till 9, get them to daycare and help out Sammy and do all the thing. Yeah. Right? Because no matter what I was doing, that was that was harder. Right? <laughs> right? Like, um, then I would get back on the phones until from 9 till 12 and I would do like Aussie stuff because yep. I had some Aussie accounts as well. Then I would usually take a break from 12 to 1. Then I would get back on it and do like a lot of admin and follow-ups and emails and all that kind of stuff. Like just just keeping my pipeline fresh mm-hmm. until about 5. I would take from 5 till 7 off. And then I would sell again from about 7 until about 10.30, maybe 11 o'clock at night. Go to bed, wake up again at 2.30, start work at 3. And yep. I did that every single day. Yeah, And it was and horrible. Okay, so let's tease that out a little bit because depending on how we want to explain that, we can sell that as living the dream, yeah. work from home, 100 <laughs> yeah, grand a month. Exactly. Plenty of time with the kids. Yeah. Just no time for anything but five hours sleep, three hours a day with your kids and grinding the rest yeah. of the time with like a laser focus, never taking your eyes off of every. So, and you, you might know, like, because you probably saw it yesterday because I was pretty stressed. Like, when I get stressed and I don't sleep, I get a headache and I throw up. Like, that's my, that's my process. Mm-hmm. I have a good night's sleep the next day. I feel better. I feel fine today. I was throwing up on sales calls. <laughs> <laughs> I would mute myself, put myself off Zoom, just go hang on one second, bro. And then get back on it. So, is that having an impact on you? <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm a business owner, I took none of that money. Yeah, right. Yeah. Not a dollar. Yeah. So I produced a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. I did not make it. Yeah. And I think your ability to do that is the same like that's a that's a very particular personality trait. And that's what would have got you through selection. And that's what st- held you in good stead overseas when you're pinned down behind a rock and there's no way out. Like yeah. that's the and, and the majority of people just don't have that. Like there's a gene in there that is activated in you and probably isn't in others. And I think that sometimes I see in the motivational speaking space and in every industry, there's people who are like, you just got to work harder. Like, <laughs> and it's like, hey, but that, you know, like that's not the case. Like that, that's yeah. impossible for some people to work that way. Like they just don't have capacity to do it. One of the interesting things as well, you know, like Margaret Thatcher's a good one at it. Like you just sleep too much, right? Like, like <laughs> you, you only need four hours yeah. sleep. That's what I do. You That's don't know how I'm so busy. You have avocado toast. Yeah, no, but it's like you don't work hard enough. You just you only need four hours sleep, and it's like every single public figure that's ever said that has died of dementia. You know that? Really? Every single one that's ever been they didn't like sleep enough. They don't. They don't sleep enough. They die of dementia. They get heart like their brain falls apart. Like yeah. you, if you don't recover your brain, it falls apart. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so it's hard work and that's what gets left out. The, the people are often sold the dream yeah. and they can have it. And They can. But it's what's left out from the conversation is how hard it is to have that. Like it, yeah. the, the knowledge piece is one part, but it's not like you're going to be handed the, the, the secret keys to the universe, the, secrets, the secret sales number is 42, just say that people will buy yeah, yeah. And, and you're good to go. 
no matter who's delivering you that sales training, no matter how good you are at sales, there's got to be a, a machine around that that actually creates you being successful. Yeah, and like I've said this many times, like if you want to go down the downlog consultative selling route, if you do that and you study it and you do it well and you take your time, you'll be successful. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I know plenty of people who have done that, right? Mm-hmm. And I know, like I know his top performing students. Some of them work for us. Okay, I've made them better. But they came in good. But they, they came in good, right? Because they took it really seriously and like they went hard in the paint. It's like, that's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same with like Jordan Belfort's Straight Line Persuasion. You do that. If you study it and you stick with it, like you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Like I think there are better ways, yes. If you take Jeremy's stuff, NEPQ, like you could do it well, you'll be really successful. Like if you have a process, like you'll generally speaking be more successful than like most other sales reps in the, in the industry or in your company because most people just, just shoot from the hip mm-hmm. and they just they just rely on product knowledge and relationships right mm-hmm. which just is not a good way to do it yeah so like it's not even on the on the methodology or on the training my problem is it's the messaging around it yeah right and that's why like I do stupid like you know sign his face and give it away yeah so right? elaborate on the, the issue of the messaging and yeah the rented house and car and Iron Man suit yeah I just think like I mean, like internet marketing is an interesting thing, right? I was told once by someone, hey man, if you buy a Lambo, you'll pay it off in a month. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? They go, oh, you got to just post up with a Lambo, tell people how good you are, sell a course from 997, and you'll make that Lambo back in a month. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, that's yucky. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Like that. And like, um, and I won't say the guy who said it, but he's very successful and has lots of Lambos. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Right, all paid for. Yeah, all paid for by you, the people. Yeah. Right, which, which again, I don't have a problem because I think that like people make their own decisions. Yeah. Right, but I think like uh, the great thing about having a podcast is that like I can long form out this, and it's like if you come and say you do seventh level, like this is not a magic pill, but it's a great methodology that mm-hmm. if you stick with it and you learn and you do the right things, and you like are actively a professional sales rep, it will probably make you a lot better, mm-hmm. right? But even that, like if, you just, if you're stupid enough to throw away everything else that you're doing and launch into a new system, like, and expect not to have a bumpy road for a bit, like that's ridiculous. Mm. That's why I created like, in the very first part of when you buy an EPQ, I created like a, this is how you adapt this to your, like don't stop doing what you're doing. Learn this, get good at it, then adapt it. Mm. Otherwise, like you will go backwards. Yeah. Right. Because you don't know how to use it. Right. And so I think like it's important that we do that messaging and that we don't go like, hey, this is an amazing opportunity. And, you know, like get in while the time's running out and all, the, all this kind of Because I just think like that's just marketing because it's easy. Mm. Like we sell BizOp accounts in, in Sales Sniper, like business opportunity. And they're really good. Like the ones that we sell are good. Like we vet them really heavily. And the marketing is easy. Like we've been approached at seventh level a lot to do like do that same style of marketing. If you just go like, hey, come learn a skill set that'll make you ten thousand dollars a month, we would like probably cut our lead cost by seventy to eighty percent. Wow. But I won't do it because I don't think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So like why why would I I like seventh level specializes in sales reps who want to get better. And we're one of the very few organizations that specializes in like current existing salespeople who want to take their skills to the next level. Most of them go down truck drivers who yeah. want to be sales reps yeah. because it's easier to market. Okay, let me expand that. So you specialize in training people who are already in the industry. Yeah. Getting people who are 
okay to good and making them you know, great to excellent. Yeah. And the messaging, the marketing around that sort of thing. Much more difficult. Yeah. And, and your audience of who like you can reasonably sell to, you just cut down the whole world down to a people who already have a particular job and a particular skill set in doing that. Yeah. Who aren't arrogant enough to think it's the greatest thing on the planet. And, and I feel like what I've observed is that you, you know, you and people like the Sifu that they come from opposite directions. So the brand is created for the Sifu and then the skill set is like imagined and then sort of like created after that. Whereas what you've kind of done is you have the skill set from grinding. Nobody's interested in your name while you're selling gym memberships all day, every day, getting good at sales. Yeah. And now you have the skill set. It's a case of like, okay, how do I market that to the people who can benefit from the skill set that I can provide? Yeah, it's exactly right. And I think that that's what's, that's why like with seventh level and sales and everything, that's why we, we both took off so quickly was because like the, the, it's just, it's a very genuine sell. Mm-hmm. it's like we are good at this we can teach you how to be good at this but like if you're brand new like I wouldn't let someone who isn't a sales rep buy Inner Circle I wouldn't let them do it mm-hmm. like and I've told the guys you're not can sell this yep. like they they can they can they can do our portal right that's a good intro and hey if they want to get into sales and they want to you know what I mean like take that from there then they can make the, the choice to kind of work their way up the ladder to, to really build on their skill set but it's like you have to sell things that are appropriate to people, mm. you know? And like if you're promising outcomes, I think that's where it gets really, really squirrely. Like I, when I was selling Inner Circle, I used to get promised outcomes all the time. And I go, dude, like I can't do it, man. I was like, because you might be really good. And then this is going to get you 5% better. Mm-hmm. Like, is that a dream outcome for you? No, but it's like, listen, I, I believe that doing this puts you in a better position to be able to be more successful. Yeah. If you believe it too, then this is a low risk maneuver for you. Yeah. You know? I think about that a lot with the online course space and the training space is you can't guarantee any outcome anywhere, especially without some form of testing. Because yeah. I, I don't like, you might watch it and I can see from my end of the portal that you watch the video, but you might have been drunk with your eyes closed. You know, it's funny, Lightspeed virtual training platform fixes that exact issue. Yeah. <laughs> it does, actually. They have full testing because that's how Brad set it up. He set yeah. it up to have all the testing interior. Yeah. And then if they don't pass the test, there's like a retraining component and all kind of stuff. It's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that like you have to have something like that if you're going to like, you know, say to people, I will make you better. There has to be a form of like, let me check where you're at before you, you're allowed to progress. Because if you don't understand this, there's no point in you understanding this. Yeah. It's like I had a bad math teacher in year eight and I, I can do year eight level maths. <laughs> I, attended, <laughs> I attended maths class until yeah. year 12, but I just sat there and stared blankly and you know looked up the back of the book and wrote the answers down in my thing, right? Yeah. Because I, I didn't get it and I didn't progress. And I feel like mm. that's what we see a lot in online courses is people watch a video and they kind of get it or not, and then they watch the next one. And and if it builds like all courses should, and all understanding is you know built on foundation, by the time you're at the end, you don't know anything about the, the thing. Start. Is most people don't give a f- about the the actual like adaptation of knowledge. Mm. All they want to do is have the perception that they are teaching and have people pay money. Yeah, that's all they want, right? Yeah, like, and I can't speak for anyone in particular, but like from the outside, well, I guess from the inside looking in. Right. Whereas, like, when I like the reason why, like, we have a, a course, the closing code, it's 50 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Right. It is a f- vomit of information 
and it's good information. And then we have six role play sessions a week for 50 bucks a week. Like it's ridiculously cheap, mm-hmm. right? But I was like, I can't teach you this in a portal, but I'll put a bunch of portal that you can learn from. Yeah. But then like, like I, I this is cheap and cheerful. Like this is a good starter kit for you. Like, and I'm, it's hands off. Like this isn't designed to be the be all and end all. Right. But it's a great starter kick. Plus you get some role plays, high five, 50 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Like I designed it to be the cheapest sales training on the planet that provides like it's the high, one of the higher values. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you like that and you want to get really into it, go into seventh level. And then like, cause that business is set up to teach you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I wanted to have something that we could monetize because of our name and that kind of offsets sure, some sure. costs and stuff like that. But it provides tremendous value to people. Also, it allows my guys to coach, which makes them better. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's, uh, let's go through. Some of the yes, we're running out of, of time. Comments. Do you have one in mind that the one? I don't know the one crazy. There's a crazy. There's some crazy ones. Well, let's, let's listen to a couple. Uh, okay, so uh, right at the top here, I've been having sexual issues until you opened that package and left, and I felt a twinge I haven't felt in years in my package. It brought joy to me. Thank you, Dan, Matt. Once you signed that, though, I went from a twinge to full-blown old face. Oh. I need the picture to cover up the mess you just caused on my ceiling. On the ceiling? <laughs> well, I mean, well done to you and your lady friends. <laughs> that, that is a disgusting message. Uh, I like it, though. Well done to Dan. So, yeah, so what we did is, for those of you who don't have the context, is we, we said the funniest or best comment will then get the signed photo of me so it's a signed photo of Dan Locke signed by me. Um, yeah. And it's the best comment. So what, what's another one? Uh, we've got, I need this so much. So whenever I'm applying for my next sales gig as a set of closer, I'm not only going to hand my resume into my employer, but also handing in an official picture of myself standing in front of the Supreme Iron Man Dan Locke Matt signature combo picture that's hanging on my bedroom wall. Also, having the supreme picture is also a perfect response if the employer were to ask me, so Dylan, tell me, why should we hire you against all the other applicants that applied? And I'll be there like, Mr. Employer, please don't test me. Pulls out the premium golden signature of Dan Locke and the $1,000 worth of signature of Matt, waits for the employer to be in awe and in a shock state. Yeah, I mean, that'll do it. It's a pattern interrupt. And then he says, so I start closing by Monday, yeah? (laughs) That's my favorite. Uh, What's the one about the return of the Lord? Uh, the Harambe one. Let me find. Yeah, that. the Harambe one. That uh, one is truly ridiculous. So, you guys, we do read the comments. This is a good one. When I was a small boy growing up in Western Madagascar, I dreamed of one day being the best unicyclist in the world. I would ride day and night. One warm autumn evening, something on the dirt road I knew like the back of my hand caused me to take a terrible tumble. I broke bones in my arms, legs, neck, pelvis, and was bleeding profusely. But I managed to army crawl my way back to the object that caused my fall. It happened to be a very small in diameter golden ring. I dusted it off and put it in my pocket and crawled my way back to my village. I don't know. (laughs) I crawled back to my village, leaving my unicycle behind. I found out that I would never be able to ride again 
and that ring never left my pocket. I would carry around it. Would, I would carry it around with me everywhere to remind me of the hateful, the fateful intervention that changed my destiny. And I knew that it told me that I would blah 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 blah. This just goes on and on. It's this outrageous story. I noticed that at the end he says, "I noticed that it not only was the same shape and diameter, but tasted the same as well." <laughs> I will not bore you with the details, but I came to find out the object that ended my unicycle career was. Denlock's golden cock ring. <laughs> there's like, Ben, there's so much in it. Nonsense. And there was the Harambe one. Let me find the, that one was good. And the uh, Harambe one might be my favorite one. Yeah. It was the most outrageous of all. Here we go. Since the death of our Lord and Savior Harambe in May 2016, there has been a period of chaos throughout the world. Is it a coincidence that Dan Locke shot to fame after Harambe sadly was murdered? Is it also possible that the two couldn't exist simultaneously because one <laughs> creates balance in the world and the other sucks at sales training? <laughs> I believe the only way to bring back Harambe is to sacrifice a piece of Dan Locke's soul. Sorry, Matt, you already signed it. This signed picture will be sacrificed to Allah to bring our Lord and Savior Harambe back along with $12 million for DNA cloning. If you don't do this, it would be saying that you value sales training and they would just be incongruent he got me there yeah <laughs> harambe the lord and savior harambe that's uh jake jones oh he's upstairs oh really yeah he, he <laughs> yeah. works here yeah oh we can hand deliver this yeah we can oh he's a winner he's the winner oh that's, yeah. that's so much easier than your pure logistics it. alone <laughs> <laughs> that's so he much bought, easier he bought a bradbury yeah yeah, yeah. that's it <laughs> that's the best congratulations it, it we can hand deliver that we can make we can make yep. a video of that Congratulations. Jake, that's going to be yours. Yep, that's going to be yours. All right, I'm excited about that. Yeah, but wrap it up. So tell me, like, the the piss take is the not personal. It's not about, like, terrible trainings, like terrible no. sales training. It's about the miss, sort of, the misinterpretation of what it means to be successful in the industry. Yeah. How it's, easy it, it can it, be. It's that. It's also, like, the, the moment you do something like what I'm doing right now, you are open slather. Yeah take the piss out of me all you want. Like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I, like I can, I think we have to be at a point where if you are actively pursuing a public figure, mm -hmm. right? Being a public figure, which I am, yeah, right? Sort of, it sort of came through happenstance, to be honest. It definitely wasn't the intent, but it's what is now I think is we've had the chats and it's like what's necessary to drive everything forward, yeah, right? It's like, I'm now open to many things, and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. Right. So, like, if Dan does a video on me, like, by all means, mate, like, go for it. I, I will. Just please do it in the Iron Man suit. Yeah. Do it in the Iron Man suit. You know what I mean? And then, like, I, I would hope we could come and shake hands if we ever met at some sort of marketing event because, like, the guy's really good at a couple of things. Like, mm -hmm. he's like this. The, the stories that I've heard from him pitching on stage are incredible. Really? Like, from people who are there. Like, when he pitched his. 25k mastermind to like the closers in black, so they're called. And he makes everyone wear black suits. So it's, it's hilarious. It's actually very clever. Like it's that's the other thing as well. Like I know the tactics. Yeah. Right. Because we've done some of the you know psyop stuff, and it's like, oh, I know what he's doing. Yeah. Like making everyone dress the same, having boundaries that make no sense. Yeah. Like you can't do this. Why not? You can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like like I know those tactics, right? Yeah. And they're very effective. 
for especially highly manipulatable people. Yeah. Right. So like by, by, by doing that, you sort of, I think you put yourself in a position, but like, you know, he, he, he pitched from stage and he had a whole group of people that were at the back taking credit card payments and people who failed their payment were openly weaving. Wow. Right. Like can pitch. Right. So good honor, more power to him. Obviously a fantastic marketer. But it, it, you know, it, it's the messaging that I have a real problem with, and I would sit down with him, and I would, I would happily have the conversation yeah. with any of those people, and go, I don't think that's fair. Like, I don't think the messaging is is correct, and mm-hmm. I don't think, I think there's nothing wrong with the training being delivered or or anything like that. But I think it's like the package it's being wrapped up in is not fair to the individual because like they're not given enough context. Mm-hmm. And listen, people make their own decisions. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I, I think that. If you know it's not true, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. I think there's a happy medium of like pageantry. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know what I mean? Like you renting the house, renting the Lamborghini, standing in front of the Iron Man. Cool. Like it's fun. It's great. I'm sure he's having a mad time doing that. But it's just the level of like you can do this too from this package that I'm selling. It's like, yeah. well, no, you can't. Yeah. And I do have a problem with people who – sell a skill set that they never I have a problem with and that's probably not Dan or anyone like that but the problem with the coaches who are two weeks ahead of their clients yeah oh yeah big time that's a real problem for me and I think that it's more of a problem for for me and you I think because like I like catastrophize everything because like in our previous job if you were bad at something like it was a big deal yeah and so like you can't teach someone to be a sniper unless you're good at it. Mm. Otherwise, you're just going to create horrific snipers, which is a real problem. Yeah. Especially when you're protecting a large group of people and you have to be good at your job. And so, like, I would never teach something that I, that I didn't feel like I'd reached the pinnacle of that particular area. Mm. And that's where, like, I never really taught anyone how to do any sales stuff until I'd, like, gone to Jeremy. And I was like, oh, shit. and I just learned, like, that guy off and then from there, got to a point where I was like really successful. And that's like, okay, I've now got, I've done something good enough now that's unique enough to where I can probably teach people elements of this. Yeah. But I'm very clear that like there is a lot more to the success than just like being able to say the right words. Mm. And I think it's disingenuous to imply otherwise. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a perfect place to wrap it up. There you go. Sweet. All right, guys, if you guys like this content, uh, make sure you subscribe. If you guys are audio-only listener, check out the YouTube. You can see the rapidly changing and evolving. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a free morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was waiting on a computer to update, so I rearranged Just rearrange everything. It's fine. I come in and go. It's, we're doing this now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so make sure you like, subscribe, do all that kind of good stuff. If you guys... Um, yeah, if you guys have any questions, queries, or doubtful points, feel free to put them in the comments if you're on YouTube. And um, yeah, guys, share this to anyone who you think is of value. But uh, we hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.